Hi, welcome to the uh, online broadcast for Dorchester Community Church for Sunday the 9th of August. Our theme this week is, I'm so lonely, get me out of here. Hopefully you'll get the gist of where we're going with regards to the following audio, which has been taken from the uh, visual broadcast. And every now and then, to hopefully make things make sense, I may well be doing a little bit of commentary over the top. Otherwise, may God bless you and hope that you enjoy the following broadcast. It's Sunday, and I'm here for church, in a place that would normally be buzzing with people, vibrant sense of activity, worship group rehearsing their songs for the day, kids running back and forth, people filling up the cafe, yet right now, of course, it's a very lonely place to be. There's just me here. Loneliness brings home that sense of it's just me, there's no one else. Mother Teresa actually said that she felt that loneliness was the cruelest disease in the whole world. And although not exclusively so, if you're someone who's a single person who's on your own, you may well feel that sense of loneliness all the more. I mentioned about being here at church and you can probably hear the echo all around me because of the absence of people. But you know, even when we were able to gather, we have a third of the church who are indeed single in one form or another. For some, they're single because they've never married. For others, they're single because they're divorced or separated. For others, maybe they've known the tragedy of the loss of a loved one. But others are maybe married, and yet they're a Christian and married to someone who isn't. So feel a sense of being spiritually single. We can feel lonely in different ways of our being single, can't we? But of course, the whole COVID-19 situation has brought to mind maybe more acutely that sense of what it's like to feel lonely. Not being able to get out, not being able to see family and friends and everything else. That's why we're looking at this subject today. I'm so lonely. Get me out of here. We're longing to be in and around people. Of course, loneliness is nothing new, is it? Maybe you can remember a little pop band years ago called The Beatles. Even they reflected on this theme of loneliness. Time for a little bit of karaoke. See if you remember this track from back in the 60s. Eleanor Rigby picks up the rights in the church where a wedding has been. Lives in a dream, waits at the window, wearing the face that she keeps in a jar by the door. Who is it for all the lonely people? Where do they all come from? All the lonely people, where do they all belong? There was once an advert in a particular newspaper that said these words, I will listen to you without comment for 30 minutes for just £5. Maybe I'll say quite a bizarre advert, but you know, quite quickly, they were inundated with 10 to 20 calls a day. People being so desperate to be heard, to be listened to, to be able to have that opportunity to rant or offload knowing that somebody was not going to pass judgment, but just listen to them. We each of us like that opportunity to be listened to. It increases our own sense of value. Even better is when someone asks or seeks out our own opinion. Maybe worse is when others give us their opinion, especially when we've not asked for it. 
that sense of there being conversation or there being somebody there, that helps us to feel connected. Loneliness, by contrast, fuels that tragedy that we feel there is no one there for us. Nobody to be with. Nobody we can turn to. And nobody who is there to listen to us. It may well be one of the reasons why way back near the beginning of the Bible, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, we read there that God says it is not good for man to be alone. We were created for relationship. We were created so that we would be so lonely, so lonely, so lonely. And in case you're unaware, that was my own rendition of the police uh, hit record back in the 80s. I was back at school in those days. I can remember us kind of picking up on that song and singing, Sulali, Sulali, Sulali. Because it kind of sounded as if that was the words that they were uh, singing. Why they would be singing about a news reporter, who knows? We, all of us, need someone who's there to listen to. So, today's subject, we're looking at the issue of loneliness. I'm so lonely. Get me out of here! But now, our first song today. And no, it's not going to be the police, so lonely, far from it. This is a song called Hungry. And depending on when you're watching this, you may well feel a little bit hungry, but that's not what the song is all about. This song kind of captures and reflects something of the desire that we may well have if we're feeling lonely. Or if indeed there's anything else that we're struggling with. Let's worship God in song together. Sing out. on piano and Ali, Maria and Michelle that were singing for us in leading that great song. And here's a little clip of a lady who's got a face mask on in the sea with a quote 
I think she's waiting for the second wave. It is not good for man to be alone. God sensed that Adam had a basic human need for another person in his life. Now whether that's a partner or a friend or someone that we can link up with occasionally, well we're all aware that we need other people in our lives, aren't we? And that's one of the main reasons that lockdown has been so difficult for so many people. I'm so lonely. Get me out of here. First, we were told to stay at home. Children struggled with not being able to see their friends. And for the very younger ones, that was really difficult for them, obviously, to understand. Then the elderly and the vulnerable and those who were high risk, well, they were encouraged to shield. In other words, to look, lock yourself away and protect yourself and others. And for any of us... If any of us have any COVID-19 symptoms, then we should, of course, all self-isolate. And all of that, the sense, is becoming very, very difficult, maybe too difficult for many of us. And we're screaming, at least internally, I'm so lonely, get me out of here. Maybe we can echo the words of the psalmist. The psalmist said these words in Psalm 69 and verse 20, Scorn has broken my heart. And left me helpless. I looked for sympathy, but there was none. For comforters, but found none. The pain of loneliness can last up to a lifetime. It's the painful awareness, isn't it, that we lack meaningful contact with others. It involves within it a feeling of inner emptiness, which can be accompanied by sadness, a sense of anxiety. And even an intense desire to be wanted and needed by someone. That's very different from the whole area of solitude, which can be a very positive and meaningful thing, because that is something that we choose to have very often. But loneliness is painful, draining, and unpleasant. Lonely people often feel very left out. They feel unwanted or rejected, even when they're surrounded by other people. That can include, of course, a feeling of, of worthlessness. Well, since nobody wants me, then I guess I'm not worth being with. Val Weir, as a part of the church, came across this verse in Psalm 68 and verse 6. God sets the lonely in families. But loneliness itself is rarely discussed in the Bible. And it strikes me that maybe one of the reasons for that is that God's heart is more focused on our own building and developing relationships with one another. If we seek to do that and to build that sense of family, if we could seek to do that as a church as well, then of course that lessens the impact of loneliness. Is there someone we could befriend or adopt into our family to lessen the likelihood of someone feeling lonely? Loneliness can also be an issue for children, of course, especially if they've fallen out with friends or had to move school. Here at Dorchester Community Church, we believe that the younger generation are very much a part of the church today. We call them our community kids. And each week we try to ensure there's something, some element of teaching or a message, particularly for the younger generation. So, kids, this is your time. If you've got your iPad on, just put it down to one side. Stop fighting with your brother or your sister. And listen to what Sarah is going to share with you today. Sarah. Hi, community kids. Today, we're going to learn about one of the wonderful ways that God has helped us to not be lonely. And that is our families. And today we've got a special guest star. This is Adam. And as I'm sure you remember, Adam was the very first person that God made when God made the world. Now, Adam had a really cool job. Adam lived in the beautiful garden that God had made. And Adam had to name all the animals that God had made in creation. This one's going to be a cow. He called this one a donkey. Um, uh, he named pigs. He named ducks. This one's a goat. Goodness me, he thought, what on earth is this creature? I'll call it a giraffe. 
He named sheep and horses and even lions. And after he'd named all the animals, they went off to live in the wonderful garden in the new world that God had made. But Adam was on his own. He didn't have anybody with him. He was the only person in the whole world. And God knew that Adam could get lonely. And he saw and he said, hmm, it's not good for Adam to be alone. I know what I'll do. I'll send somebody to be with him. Can you remember the name of the lady that God made to be Adam's wife? Yeah, her name was Eve. And so Adam had Eve as his wife. And eventually they had lots and lots of children. God had made the very first family. And even now God has given us families. Here's some of mine. There's lots of people in our families. There's not just mums and dads and children, are there? There's aunties and uncles. There's grandmas and great-grandmas and granddads. And brothers and sisters and sisters-in-law and brothers-in-law and mothers-in-law. There's all sorts of people. There's old people and young people. So Sarah's showing Some loads of her family, family pictures at this point. Married to somebody who's already related to us. This is my uncle Albert, who got married to my auntie Ruth. Whenever there's a marriage, a new wedding, God, it's an amazing occasion because God is making a new family. Some people in our families aren't even related to us. This is my auntie Judith, and she's a really good friend of my mum and dad. So she's always been called my auntie. And this is my friend Beshan, and we've been friends for such a long time that her little boy calls me auntie. So if you're feeling a little bit lonely, why not remember the very first family that God made? And go and find some of your family. Give them a hug, or just spend some time with them. And if they're a long way away, you could write to them or phone them. So let's thank God for our families. And if there's someone out there that you know is lonely, it would really help them if they could join in with things with your family. And that would be a really kind thing to do. So bye-bye for now. Bye. That's great. Thank you so much, Sarah, not Shara. That's the thing of Sarah going to share, Shara going to say But I think you know what I was going to be trying to say. Shay, say you know what I was trying to say. Okay, here's another picture for you. A picture that was sent through uh, to us when Rob and Mike uh, Harris, they saw this when they were out and about and, and when they were somewhere or other. And they said, what about this being an idea of naming the flower pot men? Now, when we say name the flower pot men, don't come up with Bill and Ben. We know that they were the flower pot men. But kids particularly, how creative can you be if you were to name these two flower pot men, what names would you give to these two flower pots? And not just the kids. And talking about names, well, maybe you remember Dad's Army. If you do, you'll like this particular picture. Make me smile. There's a picture of a fish saying, what type of fish are you? And there's another one saying, don't tell him, Pike. Yeah. <laughs> Classic one at Dad's Army. Can you remember that? Okay, here's a few quotes for you to get us thinking around this subject of loneliness. A.W. Tozer said, Most of the world's great souls have been lonely. Albert Einstein, although he wasn't a Christian, said these words, It's strange to be known so universally and yet be so lonely. The author, H.G. Wells, said, I'm 60. And I am lonely. I have never found peace. More recently, although some years ago now, since uh, Freddie Mercury obviously died, the lead singer of Queen. But he used to speak of being incredibly lonely, feeling incredibly lonely. Yet, yet here was a guy who was adored by thousands and thousands of his fans. Maybe his own loneliness you could sometimes uh, see was a bit apparent through some of the lyrics of his songs. In particular... Here's one.
Gary Collins, professor of psychology and a Christian author, said these words. We live in a loneliness-producing society where rapid change and modern technology discourage intimacy and stimulate loneliness. Even in homes and even in churches, people seem to avoid each other, only to throw themselves blindly into open sharing with strangers. But what do people like you and me think about loneliness? Well, we're going to find out. Then we're going to be worshipping God in song again. Okay, well, I'm here with a friend of mine called Ian. Uh, there he is. Oh, no, that's maybe not uh, Ian. Here he is, my friend Ian. Ian, we've been chatting about this uh, week's theme on loneliness. Uh, I know that was obviously quite a tough time uh, for you going back six years or so when you lost Chris. How, how did you deal with that going back all those years now? With great difficulty, actually, with great difficulty. It went on for months before, you know, she died in the end, and and, I, and months later, maybe even well, into maybe eighteen months later, I did struggle very much. So, and I had a job to keep going. Uh, a lot of people didn't see that behind the scenes. I didn't maybe portray that image. Uh, of course, going to to, to church and uh, for five for three months, I couldn't go to church. I, I, and the music was one thing that upset me. Because I know that she said things, she liked the music and she loved the, the singing. And I, I just fell apart. My, the tears came and I had to walk out. Yeah. I came in, I listened to your service, but I went out before the singing started again mm. at the end. Because that really. Sure. Amazing. It just. So what got you through, do you think? Uh, the love of people. Yeah. And the love of the Lord. Yeah. The love of people. Um, people were amazing to me. I really were amazing, really were, you know, cards and and uh, just little emails and text messages, you know, personalised. They were personalised to me, and it was it was so good to, to receive them. And although the situation now is very different to what you've just cited in in the loss of a loved one, lockdown has brought a, a renewed sense of of isolation and loneliness for many people. Uh, what would you say to people that are struggling with that sense of, of loneliness right now? Well, one day at a time, as I say, you just you must do that. As, don't be hurrying these things. These things must just be slowly accepted. What you need is a lot of patience. Mm. I find that I didn't have the patience I needed uh, to cope with these things, but I, it gradually got better as, it, as the weeks and months went on. And of course, as the lockdown came, I've uh, Managed, but there's a lot of good things that come with the lockdown. That people maybe I didn't know very well before have been ringing me up and, and saying, you know, we haven't spoken for some time. How are you? And that has really lifted me. That maybe I haven't spoken to somebody for two years, maybe. But you've been doing that a lot with other people. I have been, yes, yeah. I have been, and that has been a help to me as well. They say we, we haven't spoken for some time. You know, uh, how are you? Uh, how are you doing? Is the lockdown affected you? Yes, it has been, there's been some good coming out of this. Yeah. And we've even got you going on Zoom, I know now, which is uh, amazing, isn't it? That gives another opportunity to connect That's with correct, us, isn't it? which is good. Very, very uh, you know, blessed and, and, and privileged to have a dear friend called Leo. <laughs> and he, he came up, he's, he's very patient with me. Brilliant. He's a lovely guy. And he, so from that point of view, I am on Zoom, yes. I've learned a lot about it. Uh, techie stuff since yeah. this happened. Well, it's taken the taken the, the positive advantages, isn't it, of that, and That's making right. the most of those. In terms of uh, being a Christian, you, you mentioned about I may well be on, on my own, but I'd never feel fully alone. No, that's right. uh, so tell us what you mean by that. You're never alone with the Lord. You've always got the Lord with you. It's, it's an amazing feeling that is when you're uh, yes, you're alone. And I just need to pick up a Christian book, and I have many around me here, not talking about the Bible so much, but here all sorts of books that I read. And it's wonderful. I've been reading more books during the lockdown than yeah. I've read before. Yeah. So I didn't even know you could read it. Yeah. So that's yeah. real positive. Well, discover that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just well, it's good, it's good to know that, that we're going to never be alone. Yeah, and maybe that's something that's that's worth reminding everybody about. You know, if you've got God within your life. 
He's there for good. I think you need to. People need to be aware of that. That uh, Christians, in uh, theory, are never alone. Yeah. Never. Yeah. Bless you. Thanks ever so much for your time, uh, Ian. God bless you, and we'll chat again soon. Take care. Thank you very much. Thank you.
very powerful thing to say. Some of us can't even say that when it comes to us maybe going for a job interview. We want God to give us the job. Although we may well pray things like, well, God, would you give me this job if it's your will? And maybe we can gather other people around us to pray to that end. It strikes me very often, if we're not careful, what we're really saying is, I'm praying about this because, God, I want you to give me the job. And maybe the more people I actually usher in to also pray for me, I've got more chance of getting the job that way. It's a difficult prayer to say, but not my will, but let your will be done. Then there was a third occasion where Jesus was very alone. That occasion was when he was hanging on the cross. In fact, this was the only time that the Bible records that God turned away from him, where God did in fact leave him. And Sue is going to remind us of that again right now. Today's reading is taken from Mark chapter 15. At noon, darkness fell across the whole land until three o'clock. Then at three o'clock, Jesus called out with a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Some of the bystanders misunderstood and thought he was calling for the prophet Elijah. One of them ran and filled a sponge with sour wine, holding it up to him on a reed stick so that he could drink. Wait, he said, let's see whether Elijah comes out to take him down. Then Jesus uttered another loud cry and breathed his last, and the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. When the Roman officer who stood facing him saw how he had died, he exclaimed, This man truly was the Son of God. Actually, that was great. Here was a time when Jesus was suffering because of our sin, our wrongdoing. It was all a part of God's preordained plan. Punished for what we have done wrong. So that if we trust ourselves to him, then we would not be punished for our wrongdoing. It was here that God turned away. Because he is a holy God. And a holy God can't look upon sin at all in any shape or form. Hence Jesus' own response where he said, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Sometimes we feel a little bit like that. God, why have you turned your back on me? It's never the case with ourselves, but it was in this instance with Jesus. Whilst Jesus may not speak directly into the issue of loneliness, what we see is one who can clearly identify with what we might be feeling in it. And that's really key and really helpful. He experienced loneliness in in being on his own, in strong temptation, when in despair and when in fear, and also when he felt so completely abandoned. If you you share any of those feelings whatsoever, then you can know that this Jesus that we believe in knows exactly what you're feeling. Our encouragement to you would be to turn to him. You can do that even now. We do that, of course, when we seek to pray. And here we can bring our pain, our loneliness, or whatever it is that we feel we're carrying to God himself. Now, Marie who's a part of the church here, is going to do that on our behalf. And then we're going to seek out the chocolate tin. Thanks, Marie. Good morning. Psalm 46, verse 1, declares, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are always willing to hear us when we talk to you in prayer. You have compassion on us and know our needs even before we ask. We thank you for our families and friends, good neighbours and work colleagues. Yet we know that lots of people are feeling lonely and despairing even when they're surrounded by the busyness of life. Lord, please bring comfort to those who are grieving. We particularly think of Derek, Caroline, Beverly and their families. Bring peace to them in their sad loss. We pray for our children and teenagers' well-being, that they will be released from fear of the future. We pray for our elderly folk as they cope with the ever-changing situation which the current crisis brings. We also remember the workers in industries and businesses 
as they pick up the pieces of a battered economy. And we thank you that families are reunited with closer contact again. May we never take one another for granted. If we feel lost, please find us, Lord. Pull us back from the anxieties and stresses in our lives so that we can breathe again. If we feel abandoned, embrace us, Lord. Cover our hurts with your healing love so that we might be restored. When we feel desperate, release us from the weights that drag us down. Come and bring your freedom and hope. Your promise in Matthew 28 verse 20 declares, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. We claim that promise for everyone who is in despair and feeling lonely. Thank you, God, that there will never come a time when you will leave us to fend for ourselves. In this uncertain time, please be our protector and healer, our comforter and our hope for the future. Amen.
Another beautiful song performed by Ali Whiting, Michelle and Maria. Okay, it's now time for our celebrations. Now, one of the things that this church is about is chocolate. Now, it's celebrating and sharing the love of God. But we like to do that in a chocolate way. So, each week, if there's some uh, sort of celebration, we'll just put that over there. Some degree of celebration or something that church family particularly want to share, then this is an opportunity to do that. People seem to be very, very creative. So, Waft of those chocolates, amazing. I've got a whole host of celebrations to occur. Now, it may well be, of course, that celebrating a cup final win would be maybe a tad um, inappropriate for the church, despite myself being an avid Arsenal fan. But what would be good to celebrate would be the way that even the canine species can celebrate Arsenal's winning goal. This was a dog apparently watching on a sofa somewhere abroad. Take a look at this. And although you can't see it, this is a massive dog up on a sofa. A goal is scored and the dog leaps up on the, in the air and falls on the floor off the sofa. Let's have a think about some birthdays. There were some people's birthdays that got missed last week. So firstly, it was Susie's birthday on Thursday. Happy birthday to you, Susie. It was Lisa's birthday on Friday. Happy birthday to you. And yesterday, it was indeed my dad's birthday. And here is dad, as uh, our family would uh, best like to remember him, with a glass of red wine in his hand. That's usually the case, no matter the time of day. So happy 85th birthday to you, dad. Now, what about this coming week? Well, it's Janie Moore's birthday on Wednesday. So, Janie, here's a chocolate for you. Also on Wednesday, it's actually the birthday of Mary Bonham Cousins, who will be five, five years of age. And here's a picture of Jack. That's Dad Jack with Mary and Michael in what's called a waddy near Al Hill in Chad, out in Chad. Here's another picture. This time of Mum Claire carrying Michael while Mary then splashes ahead. And here are the kids swimming. Again, in a wadi, which is a river that flows apparently through the wet season. Take a look at this short clip of Mary and Michael having fun. It's only very shallow water, but I'm sure you can imagine the joy and fun that the two young kids are having, splashing around in that dirty waddy river together. Fantastic. Wasn't that great to get a snapshot of life in Chad? I have to be honest, I'm not sure that I'd want to go swimming in that kind of uh, water itself, but still. Okay, on with our celebrations. This coming Saturday, I want to say a huge celebration, congratulations to Dave and Gloria Enright, because they have been married for 50 years. So, a chocolate, I think, is in order for Dave and Gloria, and for Gloria especially, I think she needs two for putting up with Dave for 50 years. So, congratulations and a happy golden wedding anniversary to both of you. Now then, you'll see that my shoelace has come undone. How long does it take you to do your shoelace up? Because somebody called Georgie by uh, Georgie Barwick, who is only nine years of age, she learned to do up her shoes in one day. And I have seen a video clip of that. My own laces, done it myself. But how fast can you do your laces up? We would love to see how quick, kids, that you can get your shoelaces tied up. But I want to say a huge well done to you, uh, Georgie. And I think maybe we've got to wear a hat when I have any sort of uh, communication with my friend James because I did say that I'd love him a chocolate to pass on to Georgie. So, uh, James, this is to you. Catch! Hopefully he's managed to catch that. Okay, 
That is another celebration. Well done, Georgie. Here's another bit of celebratory news for us as a church. Many of you have been asking, well, when are we going to be back in the building? Well, this isn't for something back in the building, although there are risk assessments that are taking place and we're furthering work on that. But in a couple of weeks' time, on a Wednesday morning, we're going to be putting on what we're calling Church on the Piazza. We've got the opportunity to do something just at the front of the church by way of maybe the recording for our broadcast. There'll be some live worship uh, as well. Um, We can only have 30 people there. That's what the law currently uh, states. So anybody that would like a seat, you're going to need to book your place, your seat in advance. Uh, Watch out for details of that through our newsletter if you're part of the church or on our website and there'll be details about how you can book your seat. So we're excited about that. Hope you're going to be able to join us in that. Now, back to the issue of loneliness. And one of our members that I spoke to only this week was just really, really positive when that whole subject was being talked about. Her name is Pam. Have a listen to what Pam has to say in terms of how she deals with living on her own and loneliness or not. Check out what Pam's got to say. Okay, Pam, now this is, I think, the first time around about five months you've been able to uh, to be in the building here at church. How does that feel for you? Well, it was so wonderful to come across. That's really why I came. I didn't want to appear on the screen, but I thought I could go and actually go in that church and see Roger. It is amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. But I know, unlike many other people, you've actually um, enjoyed lockdown. Oh. Would that be true? Yes, I really have. So I, tell us why. Well, I found that at the beginning it was very peaceful. The traffic disappeared. Uh, nobody expected anything of me. I could go where I liked, do what I liked, wander around Poundbury without being knocked over, um, and have time and space. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Now, which is good, and it's lovely you've got such a positive uh, a- a- attitude about that. One That's has, brilliant. But a lot of people, obviously, are struggling with this whole thing of being locked away, shut away, feeling on their own. Now, I know you've said you never feel lonely at all, so how do you manage that? How do you manage that sense of being so positive with just being on your own? Well, it would seem rather arrogant to say I'm never lonely, I'm human, of course, but I've learned to deal with it. You have to say, this is the situation, get on with it, and go and... My grandmother used to say, in all your ales, go and scrub a floor. And I find that if you're active and busy, I go and find a job. I can move my bedroom furniture around. I've done all sorts of jobs, and then I feel better afterwards. So the whole thing of doing stuff. You've got to be busy. And And of course, I know there are people who are physically inactive and can't do that. But then, as Wordsworth said once, there is a bliss in solitude. There is. And Mm. if you can sit quietly, and I know the people who are much closer to God than I will ever be say that they can sit in the presence of God. I've tried that, and I think, but it's not up to me. God is in me and around me. It's not what I think. God is there, and I'm going to sit, and sometimes I do, and of course, it doesn't do me any good, but just because I don't listen properly, but it's still that moment when you can suddenly feel tranquil and let go, and I just sit and gaze at the clouds or go and read a poem. I know I'm sounding as if I'm Pollyanna, but... Um, it's the only way. It's no good sitting down feeling miserable, is it? Yeah, but it sounds like you've also made a choice about, yeah, I'm going to be positive no matter what. You've got to be positive. Um, I watched Revelation TV, and there's a lovely doctor, and she said, what, what she found that if, if she's not feeling very well, and if somebody says, how are you? She says, I make myself smile and say, I'm very well, thank you. And I whisper, even though I've got a bad headache, that's the headache. That's different from me. I am well, but I happen to have a headache, but it will go away. And also, I say to myself, whatever is pressing on me, I just say, this too will pass. Yeah, that's true. I might feel miserable. I might even admit to feeling lonely. But it will pass. And that maybe is a very positive message that people need yeah, to hear right yeah. now. And also, as a good policy to adopt, I say to myself, I refuse. And when I'm sad sometimes, I think I refuse to be sad. Then I say, I refuse to be lonely. I will not be lonely. Come along. You've got, 
also, I've learnt, because I had two big brothers who I was under their thumb, I've learnt to laugh at myself because they laughed and teased me. And I think, sometimes <laughs> you can be an idiot and a clot. And you have to think, I think, come on, snap out of it. You've got to laugh at yourself. You, that is true, that is true. Yeah. Well, you've shared loads of positive nuggets and that is great. Thank you so much for being willing to share, Pat. My pleasure. God Thank bless you. you. <laughs> Wow, thank you so much, Pam, for being willing to be uh, interviewed this week. Wasn't she great? That's our celebrations for another week. What I liked about what Pam was sharing was that she was so, so positive about how life can be. And that whole sense of having a healthy perspective like that can rub off, can't it, onto the rest of us. Joss Whedon said these words, loneliness is about the scariest thing out there. You could be surrounded with all the friends, all the family in the world, all the acquaintances in the world, but still feel the loneliest soul in existence. So what might we be able to do in response to that? What might be practical things whereby we may well be able to be a little bit more proactive if that's what we're feeling? I want to mention four things very briefly uh, today. They all begin with the letter A. Help us remember them. Firstly... Acknowledge that there are so many good things to be thankful for. I think we quoted quite recently that the uh, the old hymn, "Count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done." But it's so true that if we focus on all those good things that we've got to be thankful for, that can indeed help us have a healthier perspective of our own given situation, even if we've got a tendency to feel quite lonely at times. Secondly. Maybe we ought to accept what can't be changed. For many people, the biggest problem is not their loneliness, but their struggle with accepting that sense of loneliness. At times, the struggle with accepting their circumstances can create more anxiety than the loneliness itself. I think the Apostle Paul was really helpful in this regard. We read in Philippians chapter 4, verse 11. He said, I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. Thirdly, alter what can be changed. Who is it that can choose how they spend their time? Well, it's ourselves, isn't it? If I want to join any new group or be involved in any new area of church life, well, who is that down to? Well, it's actually down to me. And it is true that some people may need to ask themselves if they're lonely, because of maybe how they've shut themselves away or chosen to not be in and around uh, with other people or maybe even how they've treated other people. In other words, if you want to have friends, the best way to have friends is indeed to be a friend. Fourthly, ask God to meet your deepest need. Back in the book of Proverbs, we read there in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24, that there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. We call him Jesus. We spoke about him already today. But before we complain that this Jesus isn't here in an earthly sense, so he's not there in, in, a, in a tangible way, before we complain about that, we need to remember that this same Jesus promised that he would send us another comforter. He called him the Holy Spirit. Then a little bit later after that, he added, but I will be with you always. You can read about that in Matthew chapter 28, of a part of, the, of the, uh, the Bible that's called the Great Commission. This Jesus has been through even tougher loneliness. Again, we touched on that earlier, didn't we? That sense of his loneliness in the, uh, the wilderness. That sense of his uh, being um, kind of left in despair when he was in the garden of Gethsemane, and then also ultimately when he was left truly alone, when he was left hanging that cruel, on that cruel, cruel cross for the likes of you and me. This Jesus is able to be closer than a brother. He is the one who is our, our friend. He will never, ever leave nor forsake us. Jesus, of course, has no arms on this earth whatsoever. The only arms that he has are your arms and mine. We are to be those people who have the opportunity of being Jesus to those who are maybe in some form 
of need, there could well be an opportunity for you or me to look to someone that we may well feel that we could befriend in some way or be a good neighbour to. It may well be that you can draw alongside someone to help them accept some of the things that maybe they've been struggling to accept. It could well be, of course, that somebody needs a little bit of encouragement to help them change something that needs to be changed in regards to their own loneliness. Or maybe there's the challenge that we could gently offer someone to remind them and assure them that there is a God. And this God is there for all people of all ages, all types, all backgrounds, no matter what people have indeed done. The Bible says in James chapter 4 and verse 8, Come near to God and he will indeed come near to you. First of all, we need to be a little bit proactive in our sense of coming near to God. But the promise is as we do that in faith, then he will indeed respond and come near to us. Trust that we're able to pick up that challenge and to respond in a positive way. And in terms of something that's positive, well, here's the beginning of a little song that I hope will put a smile on your face, Mr. Well, I hope that made uh, you smile as much as it did me. Our time is almost at a close now. But before we actually round off, I wonder if you've got any recollection of when that song was originally recorded. It was a song back in 1962, and I'm pleased to say that some of us weren't even born back then. Bobby Vinton was the guy who sang the song, Mr. Lonely. And he began to pen that song when he was away in the army, having been seconded overseas. And because no contact was possible, with his loved ones back home, he felt that sense of estrangement, that sense of loneliness, that, that real sense of isolation. And so put pen to paper, and the song Mr Lonely was what resulted. Maybe as we struggle with, in the same way uh, Bobby Vinton did, with there not being people up close to talk to, we can take that challenge this week and think about who we might talk to, who we might be indeed a friend to. Because for each and every person we seek to do that for and to, that's maybe potentially one less person who's likely to suffer from this dreadful disease that we call loneliness. Well, hope that you've enjoyed today and as ever we would welcome your feedback, your questions, your comments. Do please get in touch. But also, kids, don't forget we left you with that challenge a little bit earlier on asking how quickly you could tie your shoelaces. If you want to be timed, if you want to be recorded, if you want to send in your clips this week, we would love to see how fast you can tie yours. On your marks, get set, go. In the meantime, here's a bit of nostalgia from 1962. Bobby Vinton, Mr. Lonely. <laughs>
Well, I hope you've enjoyed this uh, particular broadcast. I hope that even some of the visual things that we try to portray uh, for you by way of commentary have struck a chord with you. hope that God has blessed you. If you'd like to find out more about the church, then obviously contact us on 01305 267171. Look out for details of the church on the piazza occasion coming up on a Wednesday morning in a few weeks' time. Uh, 30 seats uh, available that a uh, first-come, first-served will be able to book one of those seats. So do check out uh, how you might book yours if you'd like to join us. In the meantime, I hope that little bit of nostalgia you've been able to uh, remember. Uh, Mr. Lonely from Bobby Vinton. Hopefully you're not feeling that lonely yourself. But if you are, remember, God is not far from each and every one of us.